Welcome to the Quantum Mogul Podcast. I'm the co-founder of Quantum Mogul, Jasmine Suryarechi with... Donald Kelleher. And we have the absolute honor and pleasure of having um, Andre Koenig with us for today's podcast. Welcome to the show, Andre. Good job on the name. Uh, thank you for that lovely introduction. And uh, good morning from beautiful South Beach. Uh, behind my blinds, you see the beaches of uh, Miami with uh, uh, lots of sunshine today. I'm excited to be here. Ah, oh, gorgeous. So uh, we're so lucky to have all the sun and the good energy beaming our way from uh, straight from South Beach. So I'd love to share with our listeners a little bit about Andre, who is such a polymath. Um, but this is just a short uh, condensed bio of what Andre has done and what he's up to. So with over 25 years of experience in the tech and startup world, Andre has been featured in the New York Times, Forbes, and the Wall Street Journal, to name a few. He's a published author, he's a speaker, and an investor, as well as an entrepreneur in the field of quantum technologies. And these are technologies that are fundamentally set to transform our lives in every area. Andre is also the CEO of Global Quantum Intelligence, which is a leading provider of data analytics and business intelligence and insights in the quantum sector. And what's really cool is that GQI is a pioneer as it is the only market and business intelligence firm that is 100% focused on quantum technologies. Andre is also the founder of One Quantum, which is the world's largest quantum tech community with chapters in over 20 countries. And this also includes something very dear to my own heart, women in quantum. Finally, if you're interested in learning more, Andre has an incredible quantum tech newsletter. I am a subscriber uh, to this, and it delivers leading insights to over 17,000 subscribers and counting, I believe. So welcome again today, Andre. We should do this introduction every day. I, I love it. Thank you. <laughs> you're so welcome. So for our audience of investors, our audience of um, visionaries, I would say people who are mavericks when it comes to really creating the future now, not everybody is associated with quantum or quantum technologies. So in your own words, and this is putting you a bit on the spot, but how would you describe quantum technologies to an investor who is yeah, not yet versed in the incredible advances happening in this space. We'll go deeper in this interview, uh, this podcast interview into why quantum matters, the hype versus what's happening um, currently, um, the projected benchmarks and milestones that we may look forward to, as well as your own predictions and projections when it comes to how quantum will transform our world of the future. To me, very clearly, anyone that is not associated with quantum is just absolutely crazy. Um, it is so fascinating, right? If, if you look at the quantum science behind it, quantum physics, quantum mechanics, uh, Einstein famously called it spooky and, and refused to believe in it un until his death, unfortunately, um, despite you know, secretly knowing that it is true, probably. But the science of what happens at the minuscule scale and, and the laws that just defy uh, any logic uh, and common sense and, and, and human understanding, it's absolutely fascinating, right? So, so I think not only uh, investors uh, professionally, but uh, as you mentioned, visionaries and enthusiasts, anybody needs to uh, look into quantum because it is the next frontier. 
not just of technology, but of how our universe functions, how we as humans uh, uh, place ourselves in it and uh, understand the world around it. And um, nobody really understands quantum, a uh, little secret, even if you go to MIT, Oxford, or or other big universities, uh, uh, folks have a lot of fancy degrees, but uh, uh, quantum is hard to understand for, for the best of them. As an investor specifically, and investors, uh, we, we invest ourselves and investors are our largest client base. Quantum is still a tiny market, uh, but it is a market that is fueled and driven by government funding. Uh, there's a lot of defense implications, um, uh, but also national uh, security and you know kind of uh, vision of the future uh, implications to quantum technologies uh, so governments really invest in it uh, very heavily with uh, their own programs but also capital and grants uh, which makes this tiny industry uh, and we're looking at about 2.4 billion last year in, in venture capital investments um uh, really uh, very appealing and from an investor point of view, takes a lot of risk off the table because you know you have a lot of government programs, you know that you have uh, long timelines, um, and, and you know that this is a priority, not just um, uh, for North American governments and European governments, but increasingly in Southeast Asia, we see it in Latin America, and even in, in, in parts of, uh, of Africa. Uh, so if you're looking for the next opportunity to create a return, you certainly have to be a little bit more patient than maybe in blockchain or AI or digital, because it is still an immature technology, uh, but it is something that will transform many, many industries eventually. Uh, the big question, of course, is uh, when and how, and uh, those answers are you know, up for debate. And uh, <clears throat> I myself, I'm, I'm just getting the hang of quantum now as well, and I'm intrigued with it. And I always admire visionaries and people that are out there trailblazing always. Uh, how are you finding, um, you, how are you being received out there? And what are the main challenges that you're, you're getting? Um, you know, our, our audience is clearly biased because they already believe in quantum. So we're received uh, very, very well by them. Uh, and we bring them a service uh, intelligence insights analysis that is uh, hopefully very valuable to them. Um, I think it's uh, more a question of, uh, again, timing for many uh, folks in the quantum ecosystem to see when it makes sense for them to uh, engage professional services, be it consultants, uh, be it PR firms, or, or be it a, a firm like, uh, like ours. Um, uh, we're still very focused on the building and the engineering and science part of quantum, right? But what's interesting is that, um, uh, and I keynote a, a lot of conferences um, uh, over a, a dozen a year, and we see more and more requests from AI conferences, mm -hmm. and they want to have um, you know, the sexy kind of new innovation talk, and, and quantum is perfect for that. And uh, we increasingly see that at big enterprise events as well. Um, uh, just uh, earlier this uh, morning, um, uh, a famous uh, cybersecurity influencer reached out to me. Of course, uh, cybersecurity and quantum is closely related. Um, uh, so there's a lot of excitement in that community. And we see that in industries like financial services, uh, oil and energy, logistics, pharmaceuticals. Um, so it is, a, it is a topic that people are very curious and excited about uh, e even so the understanding of what it means and might bring to them is, is still very um, uh, fluid 
And from in, uh, we, we have a lot of listeners that are, uh, that are looking for investment. And in this world that it is so difficult at the moment to get a good investment, uh, how are you finding that approach uh, and, and uh, them presentations? What kind of feedback are you getting from an, uh, people who are looking to invest into this? Investments are tiny, right? If, if you look at angel and VC investments, and we really haven't seen any private equity investments yet in quantum, uh, again, $2.4 billion uh, for uh, last year, 2022, is kind of the, the yardstick number that we have there. Uh, and that's uh, across uh, two or three dozen deals. So it's it's a small universe of investable companies. We do count over 900 companies in the space. But um, if, if you look at the serious companies that uh, are actually building you know, valuable technology, it's, it's fewer than 100. Uh, those companies are very well resourced typically out of their universities and, and tech transfer offices. Um, uh, many of these government grants out of the US, Canada, Israel, uh, Germany, France, um, the UK, um, India just announced a big program, China and Russia, of course. Um, and and uh, they have known um, investors and there's a small community of, again, probably a couple dozen investors that, that have been in quantum for you know, three, four, five years. Um, uh, so it is difficult for a new investor to get a seat at the table. And it is even more difficult for, for these investors to uh, assess and kind of do their due diligence uh, on our deal. Um, if you even find that table, uh, getting deal flow in quantum, uh, that's not something you'll find in the yellow pages or, or on Google. Um, uh, these are very reclusive PhD geeks and, and nerds um, locked into underground labs with their screwdrivers, right? Um, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit. <laughs> but uh, they they are not uh, not used to get out into the uh, limelight and uh, and uh, seek uh, seek attention. Um, so that whole process from sourcing a deal to doing the due diligence and then actually getting a seat at the table in this very narrow market still is uh, not easy for an investor. And this is really the gap that, to my mind, that um, you know global quantum intelligence fills. And what I found very interesting about your story is that you came together as three different companies who really, you, 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 you united actually um, as one institute. Can you talk about um, the quantum ecosystem, the landscape as it were? And um, you mentioned that we have a lot of different companies that are active, but only, you know, a hundred or so that are actually producing the technology. Do you believe it will be a trend within the ecosystem to have stronger partnerships and alliances working on um, clear objectives together rather than a lot of different actors? Or, or how do you actually see the evolution of the quantum community going forward, Andre? Yeah, I got into quantum uh, about five years ago after um, a, a pretty long stint in uh, artificial intelligence and, and a small exit. And um, I was a freelancer, right? I created my own LLC, Interference Advisors. I started to collect uh, ecosystem data and provide charts and dashboards and, and graphics on, on what's happening in this space. And I very much remember the first conference I went to um, five years ago was an invite-only conference at the University of Chicago. And I was the only non-PhD at that event. Um, there weren't any professional service providers. And uh, a few months later, I got to know Doug Fink, um, who founded the Quantum Computing Report um, uh, more than two years before I got into the field. 
Um, uh, so there was uh, indeed uh, some services available already. But uh, it's, it's only over the last uh, couple of years that you've seen big consulting firms get into the game. Um, Accenture has uh, been doing it for a long time. BCG has uh, been offering analysis. But now you have uh, McKinsey, Deloitte, and, 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 and uh, everybody else. Um, uh, we are seeing a lot of uh, PR firms uh, now that are being retained by the large vendors that uh, did a public offering, a SPAC, or, or raised potentially 100, 200, 300 million. And uh, we see more and more experts uh, emerge uh, in the space that uh, opine on uh, all of the questions that, uh, that, that you address so nicely here. Um, so that ecosystem has really exploded dramatically, but from a very, very small scale. And uh, it still has a, a family feel to it. Uh, I think on the supply side, the vendors that built this, not too much has changed. Um, and, and if you look at the numbers of startups, you know there is growth, but it is quite modest growth. There are also companies that are going out of business or, or merging, but the core group, of um, people and companies that are building the hardware, the software, and the applications has been very, very steady. And uh, our expectation is that we'll see um, that group uh, kind of um, you know, uh, maintain their, um, uh, their, their boundaries. Um, there, there's a big workforce um, uh, gap, of course, in quantum, because you do need a lot of uh, skills, experience, and, and some degrees to, to actually be able to build these omnius qubits. Uh, so that group is not going to change, but uh, we see a lot of consolidation uh, on the horizon, and, and that has started to happen already earlier this year. Um, uh, so the, the names and the companies around it are, are going to change very much over the next 12 to 18 months, but uh, it's, it's really going to be the same group of people. And they partner a lot. It's, it's, they, they went to the same schools. They, they were roommates many times. Um, uh, you know, we are lucky to, to be talking to them every day. Um, they, they certainly talk to, to our, you know, peers, um, uh, frequently. So these partnerships aren't always as public as, uh, one might hope. And there is a lot that still needs to be done. But uh, for how young this technology is, there, there's a surprising amount of partnership and, and very friendly competition. Excellent. And am I right in saying that I heard in an interview that you did that the actual market projected market size of quantum is around a trillion dollars? Uh, that is uh, another expert that said that, and that's the type of claim that, uh, that really uh, gets us uh, uh, very nervous uh, because uh, it just lacks any kind of uh, foundation or basis. Um, to give you uh, another reference point for 2022, um, all revenues in quantum were 750 million US dollars. So that's a tiny, tiny market, right? It, it and we tiny, believe yeah. that might uh, we believe that might double this year, which I think is a little bit ambitious. Uh, and doubling is nice; that is an explosion, right? But it's easy to double when you're at 750 million. And then going to 1.5 billion, that, that, that is nothing. I think that's roughly uh, the profit that Amazon makes uh, in, a, in a bad day. Um, uh, so tiny, right? Um, if you start to predict these kind of numbers uh, and project them over the next five to 10 years, and, and we certainly did that, um, we come up with, uh, you know, based on different scenarios, something around 25 to 35 billion. Um, where there potentially is a trillion dollar opportunity is when we start to look at the transformation of whole industries. And that is 
<clears throat> really far away in the future. But we certainly can imagine a distant future where quantum has brought personalized individual healthcare to everybody, where it has brought the perfectly balanced cost-free investment portfolio, and we're all multimillionaires and can sit on the beach behind me uh, instead of being on Zoom, um, uh, where we've built uh, smart cities that um, keep the environment clean, that, that make our lives comfortable, and so forth. Uh, so those consequences of quantum technology will no doubt create trillion dollar markets and, and you know uh, increased uh, uh, capital, if you will. Um, uh, but that has nothing to do with the revenues of quantum. And it is something that uh, really we still need to invent. We don't have the use cases for it. Um, we don't have the technology for it yet. So that's uh, that's far away. And I think that's uh, a, a, another reason why your institute is just so valuable for investors to be able to see, you know, what is happening now. Um, the majority of investment is it still in hardware? Will there be more investment in applications and software? Where do you where do you see this going? Bridging the gap from what we're currently seeing with the current revenues and the current projections. And then again, this incredible, um, yeah, potential, for example, of quantum computers to be able to process trillions of different possibilities of protein folds to, to help uh, create designer drugs really on demand. Maybe that could be combined with gene therapy. As you said, there are so many different use cases. The technology has to be developed. Investors want to know, well, you know, what is the use case that's actually going to be the most commercial or what can we commercialize now? Um, and yeah, there's this kind of push and pull feeling between uh, the vast potential that quantum technologies have, although a lot of people seem to be focused on quantum computing, I'm seeing, uh, you know, and and I know that you've written a lot on this and just what you shared in this interview, cybersecurity, um, you know, what is post-quantum encryption going to require and how are people going to, you know, connect their legacy systems to, um, yeah, to, uh, you know, quantum secure um, types of uh, encryption, right? Um, and even using quantum computers for that um, cybersecurity. So what would you say um, is most helpful when it comes to the roadmap ahead from where we are now to the vast potentials, quantum technologies, also quantum sensing, which is, oh, I mean, amazing developments in that um, rapidly developing, uh, to, to help also educate people what is happening beyond just the quantum computing, but also to give investors, um, I would say, you know, really balanced data with which they can make their investments and understand what the ROI timeline actually is going to be, very practically speaking. You very kindly in your introduction pointed out that I have 25 years of uh, enterprise technology experience and uh, 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 hopefully it uh, doesn't show too much. Um, uh, but I think what investors and users that make a strategic decision if, if they should get into quantum or not uh, need to do is the most difficult thing that uh, you can possibly expect from uh, someone to do in technology and that I've never seen happen before, really. And that is um, to decide that quantum is indeed a strategic priority um, and it has to be a strategic priority. And of course I have to say that because I'm a quantum enthusiast, but quantum is not AI, quantum is not digital, quantum is not CRM or ERP, which is about taking an existing process and trying to optimize it, make it faster, make it cheaper, 
um, uh, or, or make it smarter. Quantum is something new, um, uh, not an incremental improvement of something. It, it is a completely new science, a completely new technology um, that comes with completely new applications. And of course, we can, for example, as you point out, Jasmine, do protein folding and, and, and drug discovery, which is uh, yeah, more than incremental improvement on, on existing methodologies. But what is more exciting and what we don't know yet, just that we didn't know what, what would exist on the internet when, when the internet came about, uh, are the things that we might invent, right? So what investors and users have to do is they have to find this faith and enthusiasm within themselves to say that you know, quantum is something we want to do and have to do. It is strategic. It is not just an innovation project. And uh, we need to resist our urges and reflexes of asking for the ROI. As soon as we ask for the ROI, it, uh, it falls apart. And uh, from a company and commercial point of view, that is nearly impossible to do for many reasons. It'd be foolish. Um, I'm an economist. Um, uh, we, we get taught that this is uh, impossible to do. Um, and of course, everybody has stakeholders that they have to report to. But uh, uh, we are, and I truly believe this, uh, at one of these inflection points, similar to inventing the wheel, the fire, electricity, uh, and the internet, um, somebody is going to take that leap of faith. And uh, if company A comes up with the new drug discovery process based on quantum, then company B is simply going to be out of business because this is not an incremental improvement of an existing process. It is a completely new thinking, philosophy, approach, and strategy. Uh, and that is uh, how important quantum it is. And if you don't understand that, which, uh, which I respect, um, then you're not going to be successful in quantum and probably shouldn't be a user or investor. Brilliant. And we did also have some questions about your own personal journey. Um, so, you know, moving away from um, the AI and then the startup that you are, are, maybe it was a scale up, I'm not sure, but your exit after that, when you really, you know, committed yourself to quantum, what has it been like for you personally as a pioneer in quantum, as one of those first people in an invite only um, uh, type of conference? to really being a leading voice um, with all of the experience that you have about different technologies and being so very clear that quantum represents an entire paradigm shift. It, it really represents an entire um, innovation that it must, by definition, be open-ended because in the experimentation, we're going to discover a lot of use cases. It already happens in science today. Something is um, developed, and yet we find that we can use what we found in material science discovery for a totally different type of application. Um, this is why you know quantum research has to happen for us to find those commercialization opportunities, which is so exciting um, as an investor or as someone who you know is really looking for quantum adoption to evolve and to, to, you know, to really exponentially take off. For you at where you are now and where you see your legacy within quantum in just 5, 10, 15 years, what is the, what is the challenge that you face now? And what do you see your legacy as being uh, even 10 or 15 years from now? Um, which is exciting for us to know because this show is really dedicated to igniting um, the entrepreneurial, but also the innovative spirit about 
of, of those people who are here already creating new technologies, new solutions, or they're um, they're helping with you know really the massive um, exponential um, uptick in other people understanding why something like quantum is so so important for you personally. What is that legacy, and what have your biggest challenges been, and how have you solved those? Yeah, it's uh, extremely rewarding and humbling to to be working in quantum and, and looking back at my uh, five year journey and as you point out, hopefully the next fifteen years or or so. Uh, this invite only conference at the University of Chicago after uh, a morning of you know extremely technical uh, presentations by the biggest names in in quantum: Will Oliver, John John Preskill. I didn't know any of them back uh, back then, and quantum is entirely out of my comfort zone. I'm I'm not good at physics. I'm I'm absolutely terrible in math. Um, I, I do understand technology, but um, uh, quantum is is entirely out of my comfort zone. Uh, after the morning of presentations, I was standing in, in the uh, at the lunch break in the sandwich line, picking between my turkey sandwich and, and the vegetarian sandwich. And the, the gentleman in the line behind me taps me on the shoulder, asking me how I enjoyed the morning. And you know, I start profusely sweating and stuttering and say it, it was amazing and and so interesting, but that frankly I. I barely understood 10% of the talks. And um, he explodes uh, laughing out loud, uh, gives me a hug and looks at me. So you claim that you understand half as much of quantum as I do and, uh, and walks <laughs> away. And uh, later, later I learned that it was a prof Professor David Ashalom, uh, one of the true pioneers uh, of, of quantum science and quantum technologies. Um, uh, so people have been extremely nice, extremely kind. It, it really was a family. Now it is becoming a much, much larger and professional ecosystem. But uh, you know, it's still um, a lot of very friendly faces and new friendly faces, um, and and that has been very exciting. Personally, I always wanted to be at the inflection point of a new technology. I was always a, a few years uh, behind, uh, early, but uh, a few years, you know, uh, after big ERP and CRM systems after digital, after AI, um, uh, but being at the inflection system of something that truly has the potential to change the world. And uh, again, that uh, that is many, many, many years, if not decades away. Um, uh, but being part of that is exciting. And, and you called me a pioneer, um, which which is very kind of you. There, there's a handful of uh, you know clients that, that share that view. So being able to work with these scientists and engineers, and, and if you look at you know some of the CEOs that run the vendors who used to be C-level executives at, at Dell, at Oracle, at, at other big companies, um, it's, it's, it's very fun, it's very exciting, it's very humbling, and being able to um, uh, you know, have a conversation with them about a complex and, and difficult topic like quantum, and uh, both uh, sides walk away with uh, with a learning or a new thought uh, is is very exciting. And projecting that out over the next five, ten, fifteen years, um, uh, the opportunities uh, see uh, seem seem unlimited. And uh, if I can bring that to new audiences, and uh, you mentioned one quantum, um, uh, hopefully you know regions that uh, don't have MIT or Oxford in, into their in their backyard. Uh, but uh, that are equally uh, excited and and entitled to quantum, um, uh, then uh, then uh, I'll, uh, I'll be a very happy uh, retired old man. And do do you see quantum 
as a, a gradual thing that's going to grow on a yearly basis? Or is it going to be one of these things that goes slow until it doesn't? Uh, it is going to uh, go beyond light speed uh, overnight. Um, uh, and I'll, I'll caveat that in a second, but um, at some point, and that point uh, will come without warning, we will have these uh, famous fault-tolerant quantum computers um, uh, that will be able to crack encryption, that will be able to fold proteins and, and hopefully uh, help us discover new drugs. Um, and, and that is really, really going to happen overnight without uh, anyone knowing, and it is going to happen sooner than we think. Mm -hmm. um, uh, then, of course, and then uh, Jasmine, you touched on that earlier, um, uh, you have to integrate it in the enterprise. You know, if you're JP Morgan, which, which is one of the biggest and most enthusiastic users of, of quantum computing, you still need to integrate that in your you know, existing technology stack. You need to train your people be it your trading desk or your, your private bankers. Um, uh, you, you need to make sure you can read all your data. Uh, there are security and, and standard questions and, and so forth. So that might slow progress down significantly. Uh, of course, there's also the risk that um, the actor who comes up with that breakthrough is not uh, an IBM or a Sandbox AQ or um, uh, uh, one of the good actors, but um, uh, somebody that has other motives um, mm. uh, and, and that uh, that might be uh, not optimal, of course. And do you see that, you know, something that can go at light speed, <clears throat> uh, do you see that decent organizations that hasn't taken this serious now could actually be out of business in the space of a month or two when it goes in light speed? I, I think if uh, if you're not in quantum today, you're going to have a very, very hard time. And we speak um, to many big companies. Um, uh, my best business school friend now runs a Wall Street bank. And uh, despite being best friends, he, he refuses to listen to me um, already for the last 20 years. Um, but he says, you know, we can just buy a team. It's, it's not a problem. We have so much money. We'll buy a team of quantum experts. We'll buy the use cases. We might buy a small vendor. That's not how it works in quantum. Uh, you can do that in blockchain. You can do that in AI. You can do that in many fields. Um, in, in quantum, it doesn't work because number one, the market is too narrow. Uh, number two, the opportunities are too big. Um, these companies have no reason to sell out for uh, a few hundred million to, to a big uh, corporation. Um, uh, and, and number three, the learning curve is too steep. Um, even if you are bank XYZ and then decide to buy all of this, it's going to take you a couple of years to, to really understand what quantum is, how it works, and do this integration um, that, uh, that we just uh, touched on. And in that time, your competitor is already bringing, mm -hmm. you know, portfolio optimization to market and, and, and other types of synergies mm -hmm. when it comes to technology like quantum AI, quantum machine learning, right? So um, it, it really um, does require a commitment to creating the future now because the, um, yeah, the learning curve does take that amount of time and not to mention connecting the legacy systems, right? So for uh, larger organizations, oftentimes it's a really slow process. So giving people the 
adequate amount of runway and time now through balanced and judicious BBI business intelligence insights uh, is absolutely invaluable when it comes to actually claiming more market share by um, by committing to the future now and committing to quantum now. Obviously, I'm biased, mm-hmm. but that's 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 definitely a, a, a position that I I share. I find it interesting that you mention your friend that works in a major bank because uh, I have a I, I do a lot of work in finance myself. And uh, I'm always thinking, you know, what is going to be, we talk about the new currency, you know, and there's the BRICS nations and there is the gold and, and, and there's Bitcoin and there's all this. It would be uh, amazing, wouldn't it, that the one thing that they they are not, then they may not take serious mm-hmm. could be the one that could actually, whether they like it or not, shape the entire new world, you know? In finance, and uh, finally, my best uh, my best friend will take me seriously uh, <laughs> after twenty five years uh, as uh, as added benefit uh, to my personal journey. But uh, absolutely, um, you know, it, it is hard to see the future. It is hard to see the fire or the wheel or the electricity uh, before it exists, and then all of a sudden, it is the new normal. Finally, a good new normal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and um, you know, it takes more than intellect and money to be able uh, to to grasp that kind of vision. Mm-hmm. And Quantum Mogul is absolutely dedicated to really helping inspire the you know the visionary mavericks of tomorrow as well as those of today and just what I find so beautiful in the quantum world is to see students and inventors I mean people in their teens and um, kids all over the world from places where um, you know there isn't a huge education available when it comes to quantum uh, creating um, programs creating algorithms we need so many quantum algorithms and and now there are there is a whole younger generation all over the world is getting interested in it. And there is that need to be able to connect them up with the resources to do their experiments, to, you know, to work with the best that we have now in terms of quantum computing as well. So I love that you have, um, yeah, that you have one quantum to really, um, you know, push this passion further so that, you know, our up and coming generation of, um, you know, we're creating the future through quantum that they have access to, um, yeah, to the mentorship and they have access to the resources, the tools and the things that will inspire them to uh, create our world of tomorrow today. So this has been such a beautiful, beautiful interview, Andre. Please tell our audience where they can find out more, how they can get involved and how they can follow you. Yeah, and a great, great way to end. I actually don't think that the next generation really needs uh, old people like us, uh, or, or certainly myself, uh, my friend uh, Anisha Musti uh, created a community, I always struggle pronouncing the name, community with a Q, when she was 15 years old, um, uh, three years ago. And uh, she has thousands of, uh, thousands of members worldwide. She has uh, hundreds of hours of quantum uh, related content uh, she now works with uh, big companies like ibm and uh, she's a lot smarter than than i'll ever be uh, so that the new generation isn't waiting for for, for me uh, global quantum intelligence or, or my wall street friend to, to make their minds up um uh, they they already way uh, way ahead of us uh, so definitely reach uh, reach out to anisha if you want to reach out to me um, uh, just come to a global-qi.com my personal website at andre Koenig. Uh, K-O-N-I-G dot com 
or find me on LinkedIn and uh, happy to chat more. Thank you so much. So again, this has been our Quantum Mogul interview with Andre Koenig. Thank you so much and tune in to our next podcast. Bye for now.